This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, everybody. Shalom Aleichem. We're starting tonight. So we have a few announcements. Very important. Tomorrow morning here, tomorrow morning here in Ornava at 10, 50, no, 10.30. At 10.30 a.m., Rabbi Dr. Akiva Tatz from England, from the JLE London, men and women are welcome. You don't get to hear Rabbi Tatz very often, so that's a very big thing. Um, tomorrow at 10.30 here, be here or be square. Shavuos night, which is Matzah Shabbos. This year it's amazing, because normally you, you come into Shavuos very tired, right? But now you don't come into Shavuos very tired because you slept on Shabbos. Now you're not allowed to say, I'm sleeping on Shabbos so I can stay up Shavuos night, because you're not allowed to prepare for Shabbos after Shabbos. But if you normally go to sleep on Shabbos, just go to sleep on Shabbos. You don't have to prepare Go to sleep like you always go to sleep. Okay, this is what's happening. Let me tell you what's going on. At 2201 Avenue L on the corner of East 22nd Street. And Avenue L, it's called Rabbi Weinfeld Shul. Downstairs, again, Avenue L in East 22nd Street. At 12 o'clock midnight till 1230. Rabbi Wallace is going to speak. I'm usually, I'm never here. I'm always in the mountains or in a hotel, but this year, Baruch Hashem in Rabbi Weinfeld Shul, the corner of 22nd and Avenue L, at corner of East 22nd Avenue L. Right. Um, at From 12 to 12.30, I'm speaking. From 12.30 till 3, Rabbi Wallstein, Rabbi Freeman, Rabbi Beton, and Rabbi Max, we're going to have a panel. Questions, we have questions and answers. So you can stay up till 3 o'clock. So from 12 to 12.30, I'm speaking. From 12.30 to 3 o'clock, we have the panel, Rabbi Wallstein, Rabbi Freeman, Rabbi Vitor, Rabbi Max. Again, refreshments will be served. Fruits, cakes, soda at 2201 Avenue L. Between, on the corner of Avenue L and East 22nd, it's a peach building. Go downstairs. The men are upstairs. Go downstairs and at 12 o'clock. That's where we're going to be. Okay, very exciting. Mitz Hashem. What? And you're going to be here. Beautiful. We're very excited. Okay. In the 92nd Parak of the Kavayosha, Tzadik Beis, the 92nd parak, it says the following, Me'avas HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael, because God loves Klai Yisrael. Tzivor, Lisbor, Tisha, Rabbam, Yom, Hashem commanded us to count 49 days. Mimrachas Pesach after Pesach, Archag HaShvuas. So from Pesach, the second day, till Shvuas, is 49 days. Shvu Yom Matan Torah, the 49th day is Matan Torah. Shvu Yom HaChamishim. So we count 49 days and we get to the 50th. When the Jews were in Mitzrayim, it was stuck in the klipa, in the 49th level of Tumah. If the Jews would have been there another day, if they would have been there another day after the 15th of Nisan, us, our children, our grandchildren, we would have been stuck Paro is also another word for the Satan. We, know, we, would, we, we would have never come out of it. It says that when Mashiach comes, that we're going to be in the 50th level of Tumah. So Nadine, why Mitzrayim in the 49th level of Tumah? If we would have gone to the 50th, we would have never gotten out. And now in our generation, if we're in the 50th, Mashiach's going to come, we're still going to get out. What's the difference? What do you think? What is the difference between Mitzrayim and now? The Torah. Well, we're in Mitzrayim, we didn't have the Torah. 
So you can't get out of the 50th without the Torah. Now, even though we're in the Ruhel, we're deep in it, right? But because we got the Torah, we can still, we can come out of it. And Hashem took us out, the Chayros, the freedom, but not long as the Torah, and He gave us the Torah after 50 days, right? And very interesting, because if you were, let's say you were in a basement of an apartment building, right? And there's 49 steps going down into the basement. And you're all the way on the bottom. So if you go 49 days, a step every day, after 49 days, where will you be? Hello, wake up everyone. Good morning. Where would you be? In the lobby. If you're 49 steps, right? You're 49 steps below the lobby. And every day you go up one step, so on the 49th day you're in the lobby. But what happened over here on the 49th day, there was the 49th day of Kedusha. It should have been just at the bottom of Kedusha. So Hashem did a special miracle here that every day they stepped one step in, out of the Tumah, they also took a step up on the, on the Tahara. Because normally, if you're on the 49th step below the lobby level, and you want to get to the 49th step, 49th floor, you're 49th floor below the lobby. And you want to get to the 49th floor above the lobby, how long would that take? 98 days. Right? 49, now you're even, and then 49 would be 98 days. But here, it only took them 49 days, because every day they came out of the Tumah, they also gained a day in the Tahara, which is not, which is a miracle, pretty, it's a miracle, because really it should have traveled for 98 days, they only had to travel 49 days. So, also, another thing I spoke about last night to the boys, which is very, very important, is really, we didn't get the Torah on the 50th. You don't mind. Can you get me a, a cup or pass the cup? Sure. I just don't want to drink out of a bottle. I'm not respectful. Um, so, so, it was a very, very special, special thing that on the 50th day, we're supposed to get the Torah, and Moshe Rabbeinu went to Hashem and said, we're not ready. I need another day. We're not ready. We need another day. Now, I'm giving the Torah on the 50th, right? What do you mean another day? Imagine, I tell my class, thank you. I made a bracha ready in the car, so I'm not making a bracha. Anyway, I should have waited, but I was thirsty. So, imagine I have a class, and I'm like, tomorrow I'm giving... My, the regions, the math regions, it's, it's not tomorrow, don't get nervous, everyone's watching, but the math regions is tomorrow. My class comes to class and they say, hey, Rabbi, we're not ready for the math regions, we didn't study last night. Am I pushing it off a day? No. The math regions is tomorrow. Right? So Hashem said, I'm giving the Torah on the 50th. Moshe came and said, Klai is not ready. Right? And Hashem said, okay, Give him another day. So he didn't give it on the 50th. He gave it on the 51st, which should teach us that surely Hashem made up a day and we weren't ready. He gave us an extra day. <laughs> Chill. Sometimes people are not ready. You need to give them more time. What, it's a, it's a kabbalah So really, girls, ladies, he didn't give it to us on the 50th day. He gave it to us on the 51st day, which means that in Israel, where they only keep one day, they, Shavuos night, they didn't get the Torah. We didn't get the Torah. We get the Torah the next night. So the second night of our Shavuos is the night that we got the Torah. And that's why people stay up the second night, right. 
But the lesson of it is, we came to Hashem, we said, we know we're supposed to be ready, we're not ready, can we get another day? Hashem says, yes, you can get another day. So if that's the case, we didn't get the Torah on the 50th day, why do we celebrate the 50th day? Why do we celebrate it at all? We get the Torah, what are you celebrating? What are you celebrating? So the, right, because the minute Hashem said that that's the day, that day got a lot of Kedusha. So even though we didn't get it on that day, but since Hashem set aside that day for the Torah to be given, therefore the Torah ha- that day has a lot of Kedusha, and therefore we celebrate Shavuos, on the, we celebrate it on the 50th and the 51st, and at Israel they just celebrate it on the, on the 50th. So here's a big question that I just saw an interesting answer on. Everyone, why do you stay up the night? Why do, why do men stay up the night of Shavuos all night to learn? Anyone here know why? What? It's for us. But why? So, so you could do that during the day, you could learn. Everyone knows the reason is because we messed up. The morning of the Torah, getting the Torah, we overslept. We overslept. We didn't get up on time. How could that be? How do you understand that? These were people who came out of a triumph, who came through the Yamsuf. Not a bunch of guys living up in the mountains somewhere. They were much greater than we are. How could it be that in the morning of getting... Imagine we found out that Mashiach is coming tomorrow. You're going to oversleep? You're going to be up all night. So how could it be that the reason that men have to stay up all night is because they overslept? How could it be they overslept? I saw an unbelievable answer this week. And he's brought, it's brought down to Sefer Teidah. And he says, they made a big mistake. The Jewish men felt that the Torah is very spiritual. That it would be much better to get the Torah while you're sleeping and you're outside of your body. You'd be on a much higher level when you're not in your goof to get the Torah, which is totally spiritual. So they went to sleep specifically to get the Torah while they were sleeping. Because it's a much higher level. Moshe Rabbeinu went around and he woke everyone up and he said, that's not what the Torah is. The Torah is taking the physical world and making it spiritual. So don't go to sleep. That's totally wrong. You have to be awake when you get the Torah. Just the opposite. But it's not that they overslept. They were a bunch of losers, you know. They went to sleep. They didn't have alarm clocks. They were lazy. They weren't lazy. They went to sleep to get the Torah. They went to sleep to get the Torah. They wanted to get the Torah in that out of their body and an out of body experience. Moshe Rabbeinu woke them up and said, that's not Judaism. We get married, we have children. It's not like a priest who's supposed to be, you know, who doesn't get married. We're supposed to get married, we're supposed to have children, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to take the physical world and we're supposed to make it spiritual. In Buddhism, they fast and all that stuff. We fast when we have to fast, but we don't go 30 days fasting. That's not what we do. Normal. Normal thing to do. In fact, some people, big tzaddikim, when there was a gzera on Klai Yisrael, so they would fast 40 days in a row. They would eat at night, but they would fast 40 days in a row. 40 days in a row means that you're fasting on Shabbos. The punishment for fasting on Shabbos is you have to make another fast day during the week to fast for fasting on Shabbos, because you're not allowed to fast on Shabbos. So we see that it's not what Hashem wants. Fasting is supposed to fast, but not excessive fasting. So Kleistro made a big mistake. They were like, oh, the Torah, we're going to see God we're going to get totally spiritual. I can't get spiritual if I'm, if I'm up, if I'm sleeping, my soul's out of my body. 
That's how all the souls are going to be out of the body. They're all going to get to Torah. No, said Moshe Benu. It's a big mistake. That's why we're up. We're up all night. Anyway, so he says, if we would have been in Mitzrayim another day, forget about it. It would have been, we would have never gotten out. And therefore, we count seven weeks, 49 days. Like a woman who's Tomei. She has to count seven days, seven clean days after she's in Nida. After that, she becomes Tahar to her husband. They were Tomei Nida from the Klippa of Mitzrayim. And they had to count seven days, full days. It's all, this is all written in, um, this is all written in the Zaya. So the Zaya asks, why did they have to count 49 days? A, a woman whose tummy only counts seven. So why did they have to count 49? If you're telling me that they were like Tomas Nida, so they should only count seven Says the Zayah, because they were Tomei into the 49th level of Toma. So every day they had to count to get rid of one gate, one gate of Toma, and therefore they needed 49 days. Okay. Okay. It was 49 days. Now, three days before Matan Torah. So, 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 um, Shavuos is Matzi Shabbos. Right? So Shavuos is actually Sunday. So Shabbos, Friday, and Thursday are the three days before, which is tonight. Because tonight is Wednesday night, which is Thursday in Jewish, right? So we just started the three days of Kabbalah, Hagbalah, where they separated themselves from their wives, and they, they surrounded the mountain with a fence, and nobody was allowed to go on there, and to make sure that when, when they get to Torah, they'll be, they'll be totally clean. And on the 50th day, which is going to be a Mitzvah Hashem Sunday, they hit the level, the 50th level of wisdom, Bina, and that's called There were two trees, two, ma- two main trees in Gan Eden, right? The Eitz Hadas, which they ate from, and the Eitz Hachayim, which actually is brought down in the Zoya, was the Torah. And Hashem didn't want Adam to learn the Torah, until it was the right time, which was Shabbos, but he ate from the Eitz before Shabbos, so he messed it up, so Hashem had to throw him out again and Eden. Okay, now, Shavuos, right, is the middle holiday, because we start counting according to the Jewish calendar from Nisan. Nisan is the first month. So the first holiday we have is Pesach. The second holiday we have is Shavuos. The third holiday we have is Sukkot. So, so Shavuos is in between. Shavuos is in between. So therefore, it's called the Eitzachayim Hashem It's the middle tree, which is in between. Because it's the Emtsoi. It's also called Chagatzeres. The Torah is called Eitzachayim Hashem It's called the, the, the tree of life. The Torah is the tree of life. Again, the tree has the most potential. And therefore, um, therefore we are compared, the Torah is compared to a tree. And therefore we put trees in our shuls. And you go to shul, there are beautiful flowers and beautiful trees. Why? Anyone here know why? Why do you have trees in shul and shuls? 
Shouldn't you have trees and shul on Tu B'Shvat? Tu B'Shvat it's the holiday of, of trees. Why do we have trees? Because on, house, on Har Sinai, there was flowers and vegetation. How do you know that? I, if you go to Sinai right now in Eretz Yisrael, where the mountain has all those rocks that have the little, have the, the snare, if you crack the rock open and it has like a little tree in it, and you crack it again, it has a little tree in it. So the, the, what we think is Har Sinai is, is desert. There's no trees. So it says that, it says that the animals were not allowed to graze on the mountain. If there were no tree, no, no vegetation, they wouldn't graze. So it's mashma from there that there were flowers and trees and bushes and stuff that animals would eat. And therefore, in memory of that, we put in trees. That's not the only reason, though. Trees represent also, the, like we said, the growth and perish and life and eitz chaim hi l'machazikam ba. Now, this very interesting medrash. The medrash says that when Hashem gave the Torah on Shavuot morning, I don't know if anyone's ever been in Israel Shavuot morning. Has anyone here been in Israel Shavuot morning? You ever go to the Kosel? Yeah. You see what's going on there? Yeah. Like a million people. Yeah. Right, so why? What is... We didn't get the Torah in Israel. Faria, right? That's that's true. That's a good answer. Very nice, but but there's much something much deeper. It says I saw the medrash, that no, it's a medrash that Hashem when He gave the Torah took Haramoria, which is where the coastal is Harabayas, and He put it underneath Harsinai, and Harsinai was on top of it. So. That means that the coast, Harabayas, where the base of Midrash was built, was also by Harsinai. It was under Harsinai. Why? Why do you think? Let's see who in this room could figure out. Just leave, just give the Torah on, on, on Harsinai. Why do you need, why do you need to have, why would Hashem move Haramoria and put it neath, underneath Harsinai? What for? Leave. Yeah, but, okay, that's, that was that everything should be underneath and we should get all of Eretz Israel. But what does that do with the, getting the Torah? What happened on Haramoria? Akeda. Um, Yitzchak happened on Haramoria. You can't be Makabal Torah unless you have Mesiras Nefesh. You can't Mesiras Nefesh unless you're willing to give up your life for it. So Hashem had to have, when, we gave, when He gave the Torah, He had to have Mesiras Nefesh in there. What was the greatest Mesiras Nefesh we ever had was Akeda Yitzchak. He was willing to Kill Yitzhak for Hashem. So he had to have that underneath Harsina. And the minute we got the Torah, he put the mountain back. So actually, where they're standing on Shuis, which is Haramaria, which is by the Kaisel, is actually was there on Harsina on Shuis. People don't know that. It's a medrash. You see, you didn't know. That's why you come to my class. To learn things you never knew, right? Okay, that's why you're here. Okay. Therefore, he says, Interesting. Um, Hashem wants to show His love for us. He gave us the mud. And interesting, there's a carbon on Shavuos that's made out of barley. Now, barley 
is considered a food for animals. They used to feed animals barley. So why would you bring, and most of the time the, the, the carbonus were brought with wheat. Why specifically on Shavuos would they give barley? Because the Satan and the Gaim said that we are cheating on God. That we have other wives, other husbands. Hashem is the chasen. Shavuos we get married. Hashem is the chasen. And we are the kala. The Gaim say we are cheating with Avodah We have other wives. We are committing adultery. In the in the Beis Hamikdash, there was a carbon for a woman who was called a saita. That's if a man thought she was fooling around in a room with another guy, and nobody knew. There were no witnesses of what happened in the room. They would give her water that had the Hashem's name blocked out on it, and she would drink the water. And if she did something with a man, her stomach internally would blow up, and she would die on the spot. It was a very famous story. I think the Medrash brings it down also. It was a very famous story. They were twins. And one of them did fool around, but she sent her twin sister in. And she, her stomach didn't blow up because she didn't do anything. And she was so happy, she gave her a kiss, and there was some water on her lips from the drinking of the water, and she died. You ain't going to beat the system. It doesn't work. You're not beating Hashem. doesn't work. Anyway, so therefore... On Shavuos, when the Satan is saying, we cheated, Hashem says, okay, let them bring a carbon of barley, just like the Saita, and you'll see that they didn't cheat. So that's why we specifically bring a carbon of barley. Okay? That's the carbon of Saita, they used to bring for the Saita, because she acted like an animal. What? The car, in the, in the, in the, yeah. It came with the animal, they brought barley, like cakes of barley. So why barley, not wheat? Because barley was used for a saita. Why did they use barley by a saita? Because we're chayshed that maybe she acted like an animal. That's why we use barley. All right, now. This is very important. It's very nice that the girls come to learn. By the way, some people gave me trouble a few years ago. And we advertised in the Flatbush Jewish Journal, if you want to see the advertisement. The advertisement for Shavuos night. And the first time I did it, a rabbi really got angry at me. He said, well, it's not for girls. It's just for guys, and why are you making it now like a, like reformed Jews? So when did women go out to learn Shavuos? Not women never went out to learn Shavuos night, but also women never went to Kinnis at night on Tisha B'av and and all the other stuff they go out to, right? So I said to the rabbi that, what are the girls supposed to do? You know, better they go out and learn. They're not going with with his boys. If they want to go out to learn, they should go out to learn. Anyway, he wasn't very happy about it, but we we do it because. What are you going to do? Sit at home and do nothing, right? Especially this Shabbos, this Monday Shabbos, you're going to sleep Shabbos. You're going to be wide awake. Come learn. Shep should see that his daughters want to learn too. It's one day. Only holiday that's one day. I mean, like, from the church of Bergalim. Right? Circus is, even in Israel, one day in the beginning, Kalamoy, one day at the end, and then you have Pesach, one day in the beginning, in Israel. And then the middle days, and then the end. But Shavuos is no Chalamoy, there's nothing, it's one day, that's it. Just one day. Why? To tell you that the Jews is one nation, and Hashem is one God. And therefore it's one day. It's sort of a Yichud, it's very, very, very holy. Very, very holy. People don't realize the holiness of the day, and they sit, and they talk, and they, they waste their time. It's really a day to set aside to learn. I got a crazy story for you guys. I'm not going to tell you who it happened with, but I'm going to tell you a crazy story. So, 
I just got into the last, I don't know, maybe um, maybe 10 years, the last 10 years, um, to go to Marone on Lag Bayama. I was, I'm a Kaisel guy, I'm a Kayan. My father always said, go to the Kaisel, you're a Kayan, that's where, we, that's where we used to work. That's where the Kahanim are, are, are comfortable. You know, it's already 2,000 years, we're unemployed. You know, maybe if you go there, you get a job, they'll open the base time, you show Father was to go to the Kaiso. But one of my friends said, just go one time Lagba Omer to Rav Shimon Baichoy. It's a very interesting story. I'm not exactly clear. I don't remember it exactly. Oh, always we have to move a drop. Okay. Um, I went the first time. I went the first time. And when you go Lagba Omer to Rav Shimon, you have to be macabre something. You have to accept on yourself something. The famous, where does that come from? There was, I don't have it in front of me, Tom Mahogany brings down a famous story. There was a woman who had no children. They said she can't have children. And she went, unlike Mo'omer, to Rav Shem Ba'echoyim And she said, if you go to Hashem Rav Shem and, 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 and Hashem gives me a child... I will bring the child and give him a haircut, his first haircut here, and I will make him Kaddish. And I, I, I can read you the next time we have a share. I can read it to you from inside. And she came. And with the three-year-old baby to make this big simcha with wine and, and cake and everything, to make a big simcha and a haircut because she, 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 she couldn't have children and she, she had a boy. And by mincha, he came out on he came out Shabbos or before Shabbos I don't know exactly or he came out right Friday or before Shabbos or right after Shabbos. so she was up there for Shabbos and by Mincha her son said his three year old son said I don't feel well and he died he died and she took the baby she wrapped him in a talus and she put him by the kever of Shemachah this is like a thousand years ago she put him by the kever of Shemachah and she said. I kept my word, why did you keep your word? And there were a lot of people there at that time, by Mincha time, and the baby started crying. It's a famous story. In front of everyone. So from that time on, the big tzaddikim tell people, if you're mekabal something by Rav Shimon, first of all, you better keep it. But if you're kabal something by Rav Shimon, and you keep it, you'll see miracles. That's where the upshine comes from. What? It was sick, whatever. But it, she did go and have the baby Right, whatever. Right, she did. He, he, he had to go Now you could say maybe the baby wasn't dead. It says the baby was blue, he was dead. I'll read the story from inside. So the first time I went, I said that from now on, Amir Hashem, I'll make it my business to come every year. And the following year, the true story, the following year, something came up, I don't remember exactly what, but I, I couldn't go. I wasn't going. I could have gone. I had, to, I had to fly the same day. I don't know, whatever it was. Had a business deal, whatever it was. Ah, okay. It's not the end of the world. I'm on my treadmill. I'm on my treadmill. I was losing weight in those days. I was working out. I'm on my treadmill. A week before... And I broke both my knees. 
because I was running up, up, and I had what's called a stress, a stress fracture. It's a very thin fracture in your bone from putting stress on it, from running, from runners have it. It's called stress fractures. And I, I couldn't walk. I went to the doctor. He said, you got two stress fractures. You're, I learned crutches. So Shimon saved me because they didn't keep my, I wasn't going to keep my word. But now that I got hurt, I couldn't go. So I said, oh, man, you better not, don't play games with, if you take on something, don't play any games. Okay. So I, I go to my Rebbe, Rebbe Gamaliel, before I go up to, to Maroon. So I said this year, I said to him, um, he said to me, listen, whatever you need, whatever you need, take something on, whatever it is, you don't have to tell anybody, take something on, you'll see your shoes. Okay. Last year, my daughter, last year, my daughter Hindi was there because it came out once Shabbos. When it comes out Shabbos, I take my family. Because during the week, I just fly in, I just fly out. So she was there, and she went to Rabbi Gamliel. Gamliel said, you want to be a kala? Go up with your father and be makabal something, and you better keep what you're being makabal. Write it down on a piece of paper that you're being makabal, and you'll see that next year you'll come back like Omer. He didn't say you're going to be married. He said, next year by Lagba Omer, you will know your chasm. That's what he told me. That's what he told my daughter. Okay? Oh, now I told you who it happened to. Okay. I wasn't going to tell you who it happened to. But anyway, so, so on Lagba Omer, on Lagba Omer, this past Lagba Omer, is when she was macabre to marry the guy that she was going out with, the guy engaged Baruch Hashem. We had a vort this past Sunday to a very nice boy. And she was freaking out because on Lagba Omer, he said, you will know your chasen. And on Lagba Omer, she decided this is the right guy. But she didn't say anything to anyone. She didn't say anything. And then she's with her chasen. She got engaged Sunday night. She's with her chasen. And she says, she tells him, you know, I went to Rebbe Gamliel last year. And I was macabre something, and I was macabre something, and Baruch Hashem, on like one, he said, on like one, you'll know. Not, she said, not a day before, on like one, I knew. So he said, so what were you macabre? So she usually don't tell anybody what you're macabre. She said, okay, they're engaged. She can tell them, right? So I was macabre that five minutes before Shabbos, I'll be ready. And he said to her, what? What did you say? She said, I was macabre that five minutes before Shabbos, I'd be ready. Okay? He says, you're not going to believe this. Last year, I went to Rabbi Gamliel. Because Yeshiva, Yeshiva went up to, to, to Moron. And when I went to Rabbi Gamliel, he said, if you want to find the Kala, you want to know your Kala by next Lagba Omer, you have to be macabre something. He says, so I wrote down on a piece of paper, that from now on, I'll make sure I'm ready for Shabbos five minutes before Shabbos. So they were both macabre the same thing without knowing who was macabre, that they were macabre the same thing. That was a very big Indian to be on my moment to be macabre something and to be in Maron because Gamliel always says you can't get to Maron unless the Shemba'i invites you. If you're not invited in Shemaim, you can't get there. So it's a very big day. It's a very big day. And like Omer just leads us to Shavuos, Shavuos night is huge because there's nothing on the night of a marriage, of a good marriage, that the Kala would ask for that the Chassam won't give her. So Shavuos night is big, big, a lot of, a lot of people, Davin will seek in Shavuos morning.
So the Kosel is packed for Wasik in that first minion. Shavuos morning. Shavuos morning is a very... In Shemayim, it's what Pesach started, which was the engagement, right? So Shavuos is the fruition. Without the engagement, you can't get married. Without will you marry me, right? Without, without asking will you marry me, without them having that connection, you can't get married. So really, Pesach is the moment. And Shavuos is the fruition of that moment. Huge. I'm going to tell you right now, how huge it is. It's not really for girls, what I'm about to say, but being that my share last night got cut off anyway, so there are guys going to be listening to this share, but you should know this share. You should know about this, and I don't know if it's not for girls. It doesn't. We say it is or it isn't, but girls don't have a halacha of Tamil Torah, so I don't know if it's for girls also, but it's definitely for guys. Because of such a big night, Hashem says something on Shuvah's night that he doesn't say a whole year, and that people would pay millions and millions of dollars for and you can get it for free. You can get it for free. People, you can sell this for millions and millions of dollars. And this is what he says. Listen carefully. So first of all, the Zayar says that the Pasuk says, You should count for yourself when it comes to Svira. It's for you. That these 49 days between Pesach and Shuvah should be holy against the days that the Kleist who was Tumah, but Tumah Savay Dezarah. When they came to get the Torah, they were all Tahar. It was a very holy day. When we got the Torah, death, until the Egel, there was no death. The Machamavos was was pushed away. Okay, therefore. Rai v'nochan, it's correct. L'chol ish ha'yari v'chor levar Hashem, every man who fears God, sh'yilmod kal ha'layla, that the night of Shavuos, he should learn all night, sh'alchag ha'shavuos. K'fi ha'tikon, according to the tikon, it's called the tikon chatzois. And the tikon chatzois is a, is a book that has chumish, navi, suvim, mishnah, gemara, all the, all the Megillus, and what was Suvim, and Zayar. A piece of all of it. And this was written, um, Shechibru Talmide Arizal. It was written by the Talmidim of the Ar- Arizal. You should learn Torah, Navi, right Tanakh. Ubishnayas, Uksas Mare Hazoya. Vyeshnoegim, Lasois, Hatikun, Bishne Lelo, Shoshvuas. There are people that are meaning to stay up all night, both nights. Most people don't. The state. The secret is the second night. So the first night, everybody's up. But the second night's when we really got the Torah. So the chassan, there's very few people with the chassan. So I've been talking about this for 30 years. But just now in Flatbush and around the world, they started second night learning. But they used to not, they used to not have second night learning. I always found the second night learning was much easier than the first night. Because the first night, you're working a whole day, and you're running around, you don't really get to sleep before Shavuos, except for this year, because this year it's Matzah Shabbos, the best. But you're not allowed to sleep on Shabbos for Matzah Shabbos, but it's the best, because you can't work, right? So the second night is, you slept during the day Shavuos, right? So the second night is really easy to stay up, but very few, very few people do. But he says, V'yesh na'yim, l'ashe z'atikim v'shnei le'lashe Shavuos to stay up. V'ashrei l'ashe she'yasek hazoyz. Blessed is the person who does this. 
By staying up and learning Torah, you wake up the Kedusha in the next world. But always with light, with Shefa And this Chus Hashem should give us a new light. Now listen to this. Listen to the Kav Hanaki, everybody. So he brings down from the Zoya. In the old times, the old Sadiqim did not even doze one second on the night of Shavuos. And they learned Torah. Kolman, any person, that sits and learns in the night of Shavuos. That his whole year, he explains in Hebrew. Anyone who's a partner with the Shechina, the Leil Chag Shuas, and the Night of Shuas, Likashtepikishutim, to put jewelry on Hashem. How do you put jewelry on Hashem? What kind of jewelry does Hashem wear? What kind of jewelry? Says the Zayah, Halimut Shalayim the Malayla. The jewelry is the Torah that we learn. If you do that, Yehe Nishma Lamaila Lamata, you will be watched in Shemayim and on earth. Yehe Hashanah B'Shalom. You will live throughout the year in peace. On the night of Shavuot, you should not sleep one second. The whole night you need to be up. Learning Torah. Any person who doesn't sleep the night of Shavuot, even one second, I feel a regular echad, even one second, he learns all night. It's guaranteed. You hear this? He will live out the year and he'll have no pain for that year. How much is that worth? Could you go to anyone in the world and get a guarantee you're going to live another year? If you stay up the whole night of Shavuos and you don't close your eyes for one second and you learn, and you learn Torah, it's not about staying up a whole night. It's about learning a whole night. You stay up a whole night talking and eating and walking. No. There's no guarantee. But if you sit a whole night and you learn and you don't sleep at all, you're guaranteed to live out the year. Your whole life of the next year is connected to how you spend Shavuot's night. Because if you don't sleep at all, it's guaranteed you won't die that year. Now, does the Machlokes what that means? Does that mean you won't die till the next Shavuot's? Or does that mean you won't die until Rosh Hashanah? That year. It doesn't say. It doesn't say? I'm sure if you stay up a whole night and you learn, why wouldn't you get rewarded the same way? It doesn't say. You won't die. Nope. He said, again, let's read it again. Let's read it again. Kiim, Layishan Klaal. Oh, so, so, ah. Right, but it won't it won't work. I'll tell you how it, why it doesn't work because there's a big there's someone that I that I know very well that did die, and I asked his children because his father was like a big child, like a big guy who learned Taira. Like when I went to after to the shiva, I said, "Did your father stay up this past year Shavuos?" He said, "You want to know something weird? He was sick. He got fever and he was sick, so he went to sleep after the meal, and he only went to shul at twelve o'clock, so he went to sleep." So you have to have the schuss not to be sick and not to fall asleep for a second while you're learning. So it's not so simple. 
Right? But that's what he says. If you don't sleep at all, you will not die. Therefore, you learn a whole night. We run with Shlo. The Shlo says, how much Hashem loves if you don't if you don't sleep one second and you sit and learn a whole night. Make sure you that, that night of Shuas better go to sleep than talk stupidities, Lashinhara, business, politics. You're only allowed to learn Torah. He says the real big tzaddikim would only talk Lashon Hakodesh. Okay, we're not on that level, but yeah. He says you should say ticket. You should say the tikkun. Don't start learning anything. Until you, a lot of people think, ah, oh, tikkun. That's what people don't know how to learn. No, he says that the Zayar says that you have to first say the tikkun, then you can learn whatever you want. Because the famous Rav and his whole chevra, they learned this tikkun. So the tikkun is very, very important. Now, what about the second night? He brings down from the Chidah and the Lev David that the Yantiv Shani shall Goliaths. The Yayma is actually going to be able to learn Torah. That that the second day, if you're in outside base store, you need to learn Torah at night and during the day. And he says, Rami Parv says, Kiyantiv Beis Shalat Seres. The second day, what I told you, the second day of Shvuas, Chibi Seres not a lie. He gets even extra than more than the first day. Because the real Torah was given on the 51st day. Right? That, that the second, our second day is really when we got the Torah. So it's very important that the, the second day you also... So now, Rabbi Reisman and many other people have Shir all night, or a lot of the night, on the second night. It's something new, though. They didn't used to have that. What? You could go to that. It's for women also. That's the Kabayasha. It's all, it's all, it's all Zaya. The source of everything I said tonight is Zaya. It's a big night. It's the marriage. The marriage. In fact, it's a very Kabbalistic, very Kabbalistic, beautiful. I read it, I cry every year. In the back of the, in the back of the, you can buy this in Eichlers. In the back of the Tikkun Leil Shvuis, he brings down the Ksuva. Hashem, when you get married, you give a Ksuva. Hashem gave us a ksuva and he gave us tanam. And it's beautiful because the, the, the husband, when in the ksuva, he takes on three things. That he'll spend time with his wife, that he'll feed her, and that he'll give her clothing. So Hashem wrote such a ksuva to Klaishal, as long as we behave. But it's written beautiful. It's written in Kabbalah. It's written beautiful. Hashem actually gave us a ksuva. The night of Shavuos is amazing. Yeah, it's in the back, in the front, in the back. It's called the ksuva and it's called the the Tanam that Hashem gave us. It's very interesting. When Hashem came to us, we said, Nasavanishma, right? He said, I have a Torah. We said, we'll take it. And then we'll try to figure out what it means. That was a big thing, right? So how come, when we came to Harsinai, the measure says Hashem took the mountain and he put it above our heads. And he said, if you don't take the Torah, I'm going to drop the mountain, you're all going to die. A guy asked, a guy says, will you marry me? And the girl says, absolutely, 100%. No, no, I don't need, I don't need to know any reasons. I, wa- I want to marry you, right? And then, two weeks later, he puts a gun to her head and says, if you don't marry, I'll shoot you. 
Why are you putting a gun to my head? I already told you I want to marry you. So how does anyone in this room understand why not Hashem take this mountain and say, and if you don't marry me, I'm going to crush you. We already told you we want to marry you. Anyone here know the answer to that question? They did accept it already. We accepted it. We said, we want it. Now, you have to, now you're threatening me? And if you don't take it, I'll kill you? We already accept this beautiful, beautiful answer. I'll tell you why he did it. There's Allah in the Torah that if a man forces a girl by force to be with her, right? I don't want to use the English word for it, but you all molests her, right? He fully molests a woman. Allah is that if she wants, he has to marry her. But it has a special Allah that he can never divorce her. So if she says, you did this to me, now you have to marry me, Bezin forces him to marry her, and let's say she burns all his food, she throws cakes at his face, he can never give her a divorce. That was one of the things that stopped guys from doing something like that. You got to marry her, and you can never, she never can get divorced. Says the Zayah. And Hashem wanted to force us to marry him. Because that way, when we misbehave, he can't divorce us. So that's why he took a mountain and put it above us. And he said, if you don't marry me, I'm going to kill you. Right? So he forced us. It's called ma'anes. He was ma'anes us. So now, he's, if we do it, no matter what we do, his halach is he cannot get rid of it. He can never get rid of us. That's why he did it. It's just a beautiful. Zoya says it. Beautiful. All right. Now we're going to close to this, with something that, it's interesting, a guy's been, I get an email every week from this guy, he's looking for this story that I said like 10 years ago, and I don't remember where it was. I looked all over the place, I couldn't find it. And it's in this week's Avas Chaim. Do not try this at home, what I'm about to tell you. Um, it's an Avas Chaim in Pashba Midbar. Amazing Avas Chaim. And it says the following story. I don't think anyone in this room heard this story. Yeah, maybe if you were here 10 years ago you did, but I have not said it in a very, very, very long time. So listen carefully. There's really two stories, but I don't know if we'll have time for the second one. I'll tell you the first one. I'll, I'll tell you both of them. I'll just tell, I didn't say the first one last night. I'll tell it to you very fast. It's a very long story, but I'll tell you very fast. There was a very big tzaddik. His name was Rabbi Yeshua Heschel. And um, he was a very big tzaddik, and his wife used to go to buy fish for Shabbos every Thursday. Or Friday, Friday. And she came to the fish market and there were no fish. No fish. There was no fish available. And she felt very, very bad. And she said, um, how can I go home without fish for Shabbos? So there were two fishermen there. And she said, you still have some time. Could you go out into the ocean? See if you can catch me some fish. So they went out into the ocean and they caught two huge fish for Shabbos. So um, she gave them the price of the fish. And as she was leaving, a woman who was the wife of the richest man in town who supported everybody came to the, and she saw these two fish and she said, came to the market and there was no fish. And she said to the Rebbitson, I want your fish. She said, I can't give you my fish. I, these fish are for the Rav. She said, really? They're for the Rav? She said, I'm the richest woman in town. I don't care what you want. And she took the two fish by force away from her. And the fishermen were very scared because this was the richest guy, most powerful guy in town. So they didn't do anything. 
And the Rebbe came home without fish for Shabbos. So, it's a wild story. So, there was nothing she could do. And this rich woman was cursing her. And who do you think you are? You don't deserve these fish. You're a poor lady. And this is for me. And she really let her have it. Okay. She comes home to the rub. She's crying. His Rebbe crying. Whatever it is. And what happened? Say the, the rich, the, um, the rich woman, she stole the fish from me and she cursed me and she said, I'm poor and she embarrassed me in front of everyone and whatever it is. He said, okay. He said to Rishamis, I want you to go to the rich man's house and I want you in front of everyone to say to her that not only are you a very bad person that you did this to my wife, but you're an adulteress. You committed adultery. The guy said, I am not doing that. I'm not walking into the richest man's house and, and doing that. He says, you're my God, mate. That's what I'm telling you to do. Okay? He had no choice. He does it. Of course, the rich man goes crazy. How dear the world send a message that, that, what's it called? That my wife is an adulteress. And the wife went crazy, screaming and yelling. And they came to the world's house. And they, we're going to fire you. You'll never be a rub in this town again. You'll never be a rub in any town again. We'll destroy your name. Forget about it. The Rav says, okay. But this Shabbos, I'm still here. So, after Shabbos, he said, he got up by the Arna Kodesh to speak, and he said, um, let's see what he said. He said to the Shabbos that all the people should come to this. He used to give a shear in this hall, and they should all come, and they should wait for him. And he came to the base of Avad, this place to give a share. And he said, make sure that this woman, the Gvir, is there. And they were there. The husband and the rich man and woman came to scream at him and yell at him in front of everyone and embarrass him and fire him and whatever it is. And he got up and he said, you should know, the Rav said, that this woman is an adulteress. And I'll prove it to you. And behind the curtain, the man that she committed adultery who had died a year before, so he brought his neshama to shul. We actually brought the man to shul. I don't know exactly what happened. But he said the following. No, I'm sorry. I skipped a part. Not on Shabbos. On Sunday... He sent the shamus and he said, "Go to the grave with my stick, and and put the stick, hit the stick on the kever and say, plainly ben plainly, rav the rav is calling you to come to shul." And he, he put him in behind the mechitz. It was a dead person, and everybody came to shul. And the next day, men, women, children were all there. And after Shemana Esrei, the the rav said. To the man behind who was who was came back to say over what exactly happened with him and this woman, and he got up and he said, um, "You can't see the dead person. Because if you see his face, you'll, be, you'll go into you'll go into such a, a fear. So I don't want you to see him. But listen to what he has to say." And he said the story that he was an accountant in that house. And the husband was away, 
and she was a very bad person, and she came on to him, and she seduced him, and he tells the whole story. And she was sitting there, and she was freaking out because this guy was dead, and now he's talking, right? And she started screaming, and she said, I can't argue with what he's saying. And he said, I don't lie. He said, the rub, I don't make up stories. And he went out, and everyone was saying what a god he was, whatever it is. And they were macabre, and I think she, she, she tried to do tshuva. He did tshuva. Um, so they asked him, how were you able to bring a dead person back? And he said, I never in my life took shaykhat. I never took um, bribery. And I always was very, very innocent. What, what, the reason, it's, it's a very long story. The reason I'm telling you the story is for a whole different reason. And, and the Amos Chaim brings down these very interesting stories. Is that if the Rav knew that she was an adulteress before this, why did he say something? Why did he say something? And if he didn't know before this, how do you know now? And the answer is, the basis of adultery, right, because he was a married, this other guy was, was a married man, this was a married woman, the basis of it is that not having, of, not having been al Chavero. So when she stole the fish, Right when she stole the fish from the rov's wife, a person who's immoral in money, in respect of other people, is immoral in everything. So when she stole the fish and she cursed her and said, "You're poor, you don't deserve it," and this woman already had bought the fish, it was her fish, but she stole it because of her power and because of that and her ego. So the rov understood right then and there that this is not an honest woman. This is a woman, a woman of ill repute, because. The midah, that's the basis of adultery, is I'm stealing, I'm stealing somebody else's person. Right? Why, why would someone take a married woman, go to so many single women? Because I want to take something that belongs to someone else. It gives you like a high. So she took the fish that belonged to someone else. So the rub said, if you took the fish that belongs to someone else, you took a man, from, you took a man that belongs to someone else. It's not that big a line. So the midah of, of taking something that belongs to someone else ends up in such a very bad place. You could start off just stealing from this, being a ganaf and stealing from someone else, but in the end, you're going to steal a person from someone else. Why, why, why are you committing adultery? There's plenty of single people out there. Why, why, do you, why, why do you take a married person? And the answer is that part of the high is I'm taking something, someone that belongs to someone else. I'm taking something that belongs to someone else, and that gives you your high. So the minute the rub saw that Shimamish had the fish, she's on her way home, and this lady steals it from her, uh-huh, if you stole that, then you stole something else. The kachaya. So the Avera starts with a little Avera. I'm thinking, okay, it's hers. I borrowed it. But when you start taking something that belongs to someone else, in the end, you're going to take the ultimate that belongs to someone else, and that's adultery. That's one of the three cardinal sins. That's why. That's the only reason I'm telling you the story. You have to be very careful that what belongs to someone else, that's why it's one of the Ten Commandments. Don't be jealous. It, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, it has the most details of any of the Ten Commandments. When it says jealous, anyone have a chumash here? Oh, I have a chumash. Listen to the detail. There's a reason that the Torah has a detail only by this in the Ten Commands. Pasha's Yeshua, listen. Hey, we're getting the Torah. Pasha's Yeshua. Ooh, you know what it says. <gasps> okay, this is important. Whoever's listening, whoever's watching, listen to me very carefully. It's brought down in Svarim. 
that when they lay the Ten Commandments on Shavuos, you can ask for anything. You, yes, that's when you're supposed to ask. When they, when, ladies, when you hear the Ten Commandments, when they're read on Shavuos, make sure you're in shul. Mamash asks for Yeshua's children, whatever you need, your granddaughter should get engaged, whatever you need, specifically is brought down. I just remember I saw this in, in a few svarim, that by laning, I says the Dibros, when you're standing up, I says the Dibros on Shavuos, you should, you should dive for what you need. Even bigger, even bigger than Lagba Omer Bar Shimon. What? On Shavuos, it says that's when you're supposed to ask you about crushes. It says that that has that has a very very holy time. Whoever's watching, Chaparain, what? I believe they read it the first day, right? They read it the first day. Hello. What? I don't hear you. Think about. It. Think what you need. Or say it under your breath while he's laying. If it doesn't disturb what you're hearing. I saw it in many Svarim. Svarim, they all know about it. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Specifically by Aseris Hadibros and Shavuos. Now, if you look in the last of the Ten Commandments, the closure. Don't be jealous of what someone else has, a nicer house, your friend's house. Don't be jealous of your friend's wife. Don't be jealous of your friend's servant, male servant. Don't be jealous of your friend's maid. Don't be jealous of your friend's ox. Don't be jealous of your friend's donkey. Don't be jealous of anything that belongs to your friend. So all of you gay ladies here have a question, for sure. What's your question? Everybody's sleeping tonight. No. Right, it should just say, right? Don't be jealous of anything that your friend has. It says all the details, and then at the end it says, and don't be jealous of anything your friend has. It should say, don't be jealous of anything your friend has, period. His wife, his chamor, his shor, his maidservant, his male servant. What, what, what are you doing? Why, 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 why all the details? Just say, you shouldn't be jealous of anything your friend has. So this of the Ten Commandments has the most details. It says you should keep Shabbos. It doesn't say how to keep Shabbos. It says you should have Kivit of Him. It doesn't say how to keep Kivit of It says Hashem should be only your God. It doesn't say how Hashem should be only your God. When it comes to jealousy, his donkey, his, ma- his maidservant, like, it goes like from a house and a wife to a donkey and a shar. And the reason is because it's the most dangerous of all the Ten Commandments. Because the first Avera that ever happened, which was Chava by the tree, was based on jealousy. When, when, the, when, the, when the Nachash said, Hashem has something you don't have, He knows the difference between right and wrong and you don't, that's when she ate from the tree. Until then, she didn't eat from the tree. So jealousy is very, very dangerous. So you could start off being, ah, here's a nice, a Chamor is like a car. He's a nicer donkey. What's gonna, so I'm jealous of a donkey, Rabbi Wallstein. What's gonna happen? He's a nicer donkey than me. No, the Torah goes through every, even the smallest little thing. Because once you start having jealousy and you want something that someone else has, you're gonna end up in a very bad place, like in this story. So the minute she took those fish away, 
Because how could you have fish for Shabbos? I can't have fish for Shabbos? The Rav said, yeah, that's not, that's not where it ended. You are a menuah. You are an adulteress. The kachoy, you had to pull the guy out of the ground because nobody would believe him to say witness on it. Okay. I want to end with this. It's, it's almost an hour. How much time are we on? One hour, exactly? Okay. So we need five more minutes. Okay, listen to this story. I'll tell it to you really fast. I don't think anyone in this room heard it. Could be maybe, maybe Ruth heard it, because this I must have not told for, for, yeah, because you were here with me. How long? You were here with me from the beginning. What? From 03, so it's 15 years. Can I know her? Kane Yerbu, Yerbu, Yerbu. And she got younger. She gets younger every year. That's the funny part. I get older, she gets younger. I guess sitting this way, you get younger. Sitting that way, you get older. Okay. It's the camera. All right. Anyway, here's what it says. A story about a millionaire, he says. Usher Echad, he was a millionaire. And he had a son. And his son was a Russia. Off the derech, totally. He hung out in bars. He hung out in casinos. He hung out in, in hotels. And he was very rich, this boy. So he used to take all his friends and he would pay for their bills. And the father saw this was going on and he was getting old and he was dying. So he called together a bunch of people and the Ksinher ear, the head, the head of police, the Panasah ear, the head of the people who supported the city, the Chbadeh Rabbaneh ear, he called in the rabbis and, and his son. And he said, okay, this amount of money I'm giving to the head of police. This amount of money I'm giving to Pashanet, the people who support the city, to, to the city to give out to the widows and the, and the assignment, okay, and the orphans. This and this I'm giving to the rabbis, they should give it to the kailas and to the yeshivas. And this I'm giving to my son, but I don't want him in my house anymore. What he's doing, I, he, I'm against, he's ruining my life, the little life that I have left. So here's your money, he said to his son. And I want you out of my house. But in a year from now, a year after I died, on my yard site, the head of the police will give you the keys to the house. And at that point, you can go into the house, take anything you want out of the house that's yours that day, and then we're going to sell that, and they're going to sell the house, and that'll go to the tzedakah. So in a year, fine. So the kid, he didn't, he didn't get along with his father. They all signed the paper, and that when he dies, it's what's going to happen, and he died. And the yeshivas got their money, the cops got their, the head of police got their money, everybody got their money. And the son didn't even sit shiva for his father. He was an only child. He didn't sit shiva for his father. He was partying and drinking and hanging out with his friends. And it took him nine months. He lost eight months. He lost all the money that his father left him. He went gambling. He went drinking. He, everything was gone. But he knew that at the yard side, he can get everything that's in the house. So he went borrowing money. He said, I don't have money, but guys, you know that Everyone knows that in, 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 at the yard sign, we're going to the house. So whatever, I, give me credit. Whatever I borrow, I'm going to pay you back. So they gave him money. And he went. From the, he owed the, the Makolet money. He owed the mafia money. He owed the gambling houses money. He owed everybody money. But everyone's like, okay, we'll get our money when he goes into the house. So he comes into the house. You remember the story? Okay, he comes into the house. And they, he, he's going to the house on the yard side. And the, the, the cop has the key, but waiting outside the house is the mafia and the head of the casino and the Makola. And they're like, listen, don't you think you're going to the house and getting the money? You're not paying us. We're going to sit here at the door. When you come out, if you don't give us all our money back, we're going to kill you. Right? Okay. 
He's, he's got, he knew his father had a lot of money in that house. So, he, it says also that before that, he would go to his friends. He said, could you give me to eat? They would say, I don't have what food to give you. Could I, could I sleep by you? They said, no, they treat him like a dog. Because you're as good as, you know, when you're a guy like that, if you have money, they like you. When you don't have money, they're not, they're not interested in you. All right. So, listen to this. So they're all waiting at the door, and he's realized he's in a big danger. He's hoping that his father left him a lot of money in the house, and he comes through the first door, and the first door is a gar- was the garden that his father, you know, there was a beautiful garden, and he couldn't believe it. The garden was ripped up in pieces. It was a churban gadol. It was terrible. It looked like someone came there and just ripped the whole place apart. And he's like, uh-oh, if that, whoever did this to the garden, did this to the house, I ain't got no money. And if I don't got no money, they're going to kill me. So, so he comes to the second door and opens up the, 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 the house. Nothing there. The house is raked. It's empty. There's nothing there except mice. It's full of mice. It's a mice. I'm a believer. He says, but I know my father had a room where he had a collection of Judaica, of old Svarim. I'll go there and I'll take the Svarim and I'll sell them and I'll give these guys their money. So he goes into that room. The room is empty. But on the table, on the desk, is an envelope with a letter. He takes the letter. And this is what it says. Yadati b'ni. I know my son. Yadati, I know. That you came here today because he knew he was going to come. He wrote ahead. And I know there are people waiting for you outside to kill you with a terrible death, because he knew his son was going to lose all the money gambling. L'chein, therefore, I give you. I want to give you advice. Go upstairs to the attic. There's a noose and a rope that's prepared for you. In my kise, with a chair. I would advise you, get on the chair. Put your head in the noose. Kick away the chair and hang yourself, and you'll hang but at least you'll die privately, not in front of everyone, who, all those guys downstairs who are going to kill you in a very terrible place. Came in Shikar Zemichtov, he could not believe when he read the letter that his, father would, that his father knew that there was guys waiting downstairs and that he would be in this position. He said, you know what? I don't want to die out there. I'm going to listen to my father. Allah Lamal, he goes upstairs to the attic. Again, don't do this at home, please. And he sees the noose is hanging and the chair. And on the chair, there's another letter on the chair. He opens up the letter and the letter has vidui. And his father says, you need to say vidui before you die to ask forgiveness. And he starts to say, and he starts to cry and he realizes how he wasted his whole life and now he's going to die in such a terrible way. And he says, he it should be the will of Hashem, that my death, should be my forgiveness. That his father should forgive him a total forgiveness, and that God should forgive him how he acted his whole life. He put his neck in the noose, with happiness, he kicks away the chair, he hangs, but the beam he was hanging on was cut on purpose by the father. So the beam comes down with him. He didn't die. 
because it, it, was, it wasn't a real beam. It wasn't really tied in. So he falls down with the beam. And he falls to the floor. And coming out of the beam is another letter. And he opens up the letter, and the letter says, B'ni HaYakar, my beloved son. The father knew exactly what was going to happen. I know that you put your head in the noose and you accepted death. The simcha with happiness. I'm sure that you asked forgiveness on everything that you did. And therefore, make sure you do a whole tshuva. And Baruch Hashem, you were talking to Meshuvah. Allah Shabbos and you didn't die. Hashem doesn't want people to die. I want you to know, my son. Shabigina in the garden, the Karen Zavas Plonis in a corner, this certain corner. Tiftach Batira Tamin, you'll find hidden a chest. Kolo Oishishli, all my riches. Mishalein Kolo Choyvish pay everybody up, and you'll be left with a lot of money to be rich. Tikach take a wife for yourself. Atakas Avicha, and remember your father. V'Telach Boyis Aderech, and go in my ways that I taught that you saw that I did. He became like a new person. He ran to the garden. And he found everything his father wrote. And he understood the wisdom of his father. His father never wanted him to die. But he realized that his friends didn't want him to die. And how he wasted his whole life going after these friends who didn't really care about him. And he got married. And he became like his father. And he ended up supporting the whole city. Crazy story. Avas Chaim. Crazy story. Why, why does Avas Chaim write this? Pashas by Midbar on, on Shuas. says, because the father in the story is God. And the boy in the story is, is us. And God doesn't want us to die. And God tries to bring us up to follow in his ways. But we don't realize that. And we're after money and covet and and, and, and movies, and television, and iPhones, and technology, and all the stuff that we're busy with. But Hashem says, that's not, you're wasting your time. And that's who the Father is, and He leads us in a way, letter to letter to letter to letter. What's the letter to letter to letter to letter? That's the Torah. And that's all He wants from us. He doesn't want us to hang, He doesn't hang us, that's not what He wants. He doesn't want the person to die. He wants him to live, and He wants him to do tshuva, and He wants to be more Kabbal the Torah. So this story is a parable of our relationship, of the relationship of the Jew that goes off to Derech. And that's not what he wants, but not to wait for the last second to realize when it's too late that I wasted my whole life and I, and I, and I, and I, and I wasted it with stupid things and, 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 and I had the Torah. We have the Torah. He, he brings down a story here about this, this man who wanted to buy a talus bag for his son. And he went to this farm store uh, for filling. And he, and he went through all the filling bags he said, I don't find one that I like. He said, I have a magic one. A magic tulum bag? Yeah, I have a magic tulum bag. What's a magic tulum bag? He takes the tulum bag. He says, we're going to take all the gemaras in the whole, in the whole store. And we're going to put them in the tulum bag. It's crazy. The tulum bag is this big. There's thousands of farms. Put them in. They all fit. Now we're going to put all the sedurim in. They all fit. The whole, everything that Oscar ever wrote, and it all fits. He said, magic tulum bag? Of course I want that bag. There's no such thing in the world. Magic tulum bag. That each Jew is a magic filling bag. That you can learn Torah and Torah and Torah your whole life and you're never full. You can learn Chumash, you can learn Shas, you can learn Navi, you can learn, you can learn Medrash, you can learn, or you, you can learn every Sefer and Eichlers 
And every Sefer Mir Yeshiva, and you still can learn more. Every one of us is a magic tool in that. We just don't realize it. You can sit and learn and learn and learn. That's the Torah that was given us. That's the present that was given to us on, on the night of the Shavuos. It's the holiest of the holy. It's the marriage of Klai Yisrael. The men are supposed to go to the mikvah in the morning before the, start, before the morning star comes up. We go to the mikvah. The men go to the mikvah and also Erev Shavuos because it's like a woman who goes to the mikvah before her chuppah when she gets married. And it's a special tefillah that we say by the mikvah that it's mamash like a woman going to the mikvah. The girl, the kala, goes to the mikvah before she goes married. So the men, who are makabal tairah, we go to the mikvah. The kedushin is the tairah. That's the ring that we got. It's mamash, a marriage. With tanam, with ksuvas. So we should all be zaycha to, to, to be at that wedding. The kashvach went to night. We should all be zaycha to be guaranteed the kedusha of another year of life, of, of life, of, and no damages, and, and to daven specifically by the Aserah Sadibros, and that all Atfila should be Neskabal. Have a very, very good and healthy and beautiful Yantif. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.